are listening to the SNC podcast with Fala Shade Anozie, a podcast featuring conversations with some of Nigeria's unique, talented, budding, and established music producers and songwriters. We get to know more about these creatives as individuals and discuss their creative process, sprinkled with some insights from a legal and business perspective. If Yoraka got my attention after I listened to her feature on rapper Psycho YP's record, Not Your Fault, it was an awesome find. You know how people sometimes let their SoundCloud let loose and play? That is exactly what I was doing that day. And part of what intrigued me was how soulful her voice was and is. I like the way she sounds on records. There is this lovely rawness about her voice that is quite refreshing. Even watching videos of her performing, she has this nice way of drawing people in and I knew that I'd love to chat with her. I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the show, Sudi. Thank you so much for doing this. How has your day been? Um, My day has been pretty slow. It's just uh, 12, but I have a photo shoot to do today, so... Oh, fancy, fancy. Is that for an upcoming single, an upcoming album? From a for an upcoming single. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Yes. That's great. Okay. Cool. I don't know if to say soon mm-hmm. because the way I work is I can I can record something today and then say okay I'm going to release it like in two weeks time and before I release it I listen to it again and I'm like nope no yeah we have to we have to do more because like I'm kind of a perfectionist so I I don't want to give a date mm-hmm. but hopefully soon. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. So, you, yeah. so you said you're a bit of a perfectionist. So, when it comes to yes. when you're working on your songs, do you do you tend to seem like you're the kind of person who is constantly revising their song, or you're just like you know? Yes, I done? am. Oh, really? I definitely am. When I even write a song, I write like different inversions of the same song. Like every song has three to four inversions, and that's just so. I know what theme I really want or what message I really want or what melodies I really want. Oh, okay. Do you do you yeah. um do you find that and do you find that just because you're perfectionist when it comes to writing songs and you all you have all these different inversions that tends to sometimes slow down how quickly you get stuff out? Oh, definitely does cuz I get the thing with me is I'm kind of blessed to have ideas in my head almost mm-hmm. every other day. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when an idea is rough like that, it takes a lot to, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's conveyed in such a way that it makes sense and it's perfect. And Nothing can really be perfect at the end of the day, but I'd like to get close enough. I think that's what the problem is most oh. times. Okay. All right, cool. Um, well, now that, yeah. we kind of, now that we kind of we kind of jumped right in, but we never, never, we never, we haven't really given the audience the opportunity to get to know who you are. So I always ask people when they come on the podcast to tell me what their passport name is. So tell me about who tell us who you are, what your passport name is. Do you come from a family of four, five, three? So let let's hear it. All right. Um, my name is Ifirogene Florence Odeni Oraka. Okay. Um, I'm from Delta State in Nigeria. Okay. I come from a family of nine. Oh wow! <laughs> are yeah, you, are you the I first know. Child? No, I'm the fourth. Oh okay, that's cool. So you're yeah. in the middle. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Okay. 
And what what has that been like being a middle child? Do you tend to seem like your parents just give you more leeway, or you seem to be like there's a lot more pressure on you? Not really, to be honest. Like I think my parents in general are really chill. Mm-hmm. So there's not even that much pressure on the first child, and they don't. They're not ones to pick. Oh, this is my favorite kid. Yeah. Yes. So like. They're just they're just kind of the same to all of us. Okay, that's nice. It's nice yeah. to have like there's yeah. no favorite child, you know. You know, yeah. feels Okay. All right. So now that we know your name is Eferogene, but you know that it's Efe for short, and you come from a family yeah. of nine. So when did Efe, when did you start singing? I started singing maybe when I was three years old or thereabout. My mom put me in the children's choir at church, and from then on, it was just singing at church, singing in school, singing at um, competitions, like kids' competitions or representing my school somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wanted to make it a career when I turned, I think, nine or ten. And what, what, made, you, what made you say, I want to make this a career? Okay, so uh, I'm not one to speak up speak up for myself like I find it really hard I talk a lot but I find it really hard to tell someone oh look I don't like what you're doing to me right now I don't like that you're being mean or something so I feel like I got bullied a lot like during primary school so the only way I could really let out my emotions was by writing a song and singing it so it was then I knew that like this is the only thing that gives me happiness this is the only thing that helps me escape so i should probably i should probably think about doing this for the long run because really what music for me is 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 an escape from a lot of things Mm, okay interesting but do you think that you've made more of a you've made more progress in how you speak up for yourself compared to when you were nine till now right just a little bit (laughs) just a little bit really because i because I don't know how to speak up for myself as much, I tend to shy away from people. Mm-hmm. Like, let me explain it. I'm the type that I'm I'm really social, yeah? I know how to, if I go to a place, I like to make everyone feel comfortable and laugh, but I never let it get past that. I never let people actually get to know me because mm-hmm. I feel like it hurts more when someone who you know does something to you, yeah? So I don't let... I don't let people get to know me all that much. That's that's been like my strategy. But sometimes, yeah, people I know still tend to mess up sometimes. But um I think because I'm not able to say it, I've found a way to just let them know somehow, maybe through my actions. So they just kind of know that they've done something wrong and they apologize. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, this is for, I mean, just being someone who's you know, I think being able to see life more than you have. I feel like as you get older, you de- you definitely get to see that you definitely grow more and become more confident in being able to speak up for yourself. You know, as, yeah, as, you know. So, yeah. looking forward to that progression for you and coming back to interviewing you and saying, "Ife, what's up now?" You're like, "Shadi, really? Like, I just speak my mind." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, don't 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 be too hard on yourself, but just know that it's important that you do speak up for yourself so that people. People do not take advantage of you know you being humble and you being quiet. Okay. Sure. Cool. Sure. Okay. So I know that I, during the course of my research on as I prepared to interview you, I read that you um, started 
I mean, you got you got influenced or you started listening to Sound of Music as your inspiration, the movie. Yes. So I was like, you know, Sound of Music is like the greatest movie ever, personally to me. I can, yeah, it, I can, it is. <laughs> I can recite every song in the movie. So talk, oh, wow. Yeah, I can. It drives my friend and my my friends and my mom, my mom and my brother crazy. But talk a bit more about <laughs> that. How you got in? You know, how you got exposed to Sound of Music and what that what that did for you for you as you know an artist and just being someone who loves music. Okay, um, so Sound of Music is from way, 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 way back when I was much, much younger. Mm-hmm. And I remember that my mom and dad, like coincidentally, they met in the church choir. So mm-hmm. they, were, they were both singers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really play a lot of, would I say, circular music. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the term circular, but they only really played gospel music at home. Mm-hmm. Like for when I was like maybe one so the only thing they would play for me sometimes is stuff like um the lion king sound of music Mm -hmm. little mermaid and i think that's where my love of music came from and i remember sitting down in front of the tv and watching sound of music over and over and over again so i never really got bored of it and maybe i think that was when i was like okay i want to i want to do this i want to sing like her Mm. i want to be like her and even it it influenced the type of music i grew up listening to because i realized that a lot of my age mates veered off listening to afro beats or um yeah afro beats really but i stuck to uh maybe some classical stuff some pop some um, some rock. I used to listen to Billy Joel, and I used to listen to Bill Withers. It just kind of groomed the way I I saw music and my approach to music, which I'm actually really thankful for. Yeah, I actually would. I would really, really agree with that. I think that, that that's that's yeah. that is something that we share in common because I I really I don't know if it's the movie per se, but I feel like just the just watching sound of music every day that for me it also just helped to, I guess make me more appreciative of different genres of music i'm not like one person yeah. who's like tied to one genre of music so that's really really awesome to know what's your favorite sound of music um, song from sound of music definitely how do you solve a problem like, like maria. maria oh my god i love that song so much yeah. and i want to kind of write a song like that oh that would yeah. be awesome to hear. That would really be awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good song as well. Well, I'm, I'm, when, I, mm. when I read that, I was like, ah, you know, I love this girl already. <laughs> Sound of Music. Like, <laughs> the greatest movie ever. Okay, so um, moving on to moving on from Sound of Music, um, another thing that I also read is that you are a huge, huge fan of John Bellion and Conor Maynard. Oh, Maynard, oh my right? God. <laughs> so talk about that. Talk about oh that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... For John Bellion, you know, one thing I always say is there's a difference between the music aspect and the artistry aspect, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot of musicians these days, or rather, a lot of people in music these days are more of artists than they are musicians. Mm -hmm. Artists in the sense that they probably get people to write songs for them, which is not not a bad thing. Of course not. I don't I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to be I'm trying to put anyone down, but I feel like there's not enough thought being given to the intricacies and the science of music these days. Like I get if some people are not, you know, instrumentalists or they don't know how to produce, but I feel like if you're going to be into music, that 
look at Beyonce, for instance. She's someone who I feel is a true musician because you can tell even from when like she's performing that she puts a lot of thought into it, yeah? Mm-hmm. So John Bellin is one person, like, he produces and he writes his own songs himself. And he's just what I feel is the ideal package of what a 21st century musician should be. Because I remember... Every time I listen to a John Bellion song or I listen to his albums, I go online and I check the making of the album or the song in particular. And I remember watching one video and he was thinking, he sat down and he was closing his eyes and he was trying to figure out oh, what do I do here? And he's like, oh, give me the kick from this song. And he called a year like 1978. And I'm like, you really have to be so into your crap to be able to do that. And that was just when I got through it. And I'm like, nah, it, it really doesn't get any better than John Bellion, really. Yeah, that's the yeah, 1978. Wow, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really, and then, so what about Conor Maynard? What is it about him that just intrigues you? Um, Conor Maynard, what I love about him is you would hear a song that someone else has done and, you know, put out, but you would hear Conor Maynard's version of it and you would just be like, Wait to now the same song begins. Do you get like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like how how did you do that? How did you flip? Or when he does his mashups and he's putting everything together and he's doing this and that, I think it's really great. And also the fact that he's into production, he plays instruments and everything, I think it's wonderful. And the fact that a lot of people might just want to look at him and be like, Oh, he just does covers. But if you look at his background and you look at his history, the songs that he put out, when he put them out, they were top of the charts, like Vegas Girl or All Around. You get it? So mm-hmm. I was like, I was impressed. I'm really impressed by his stuff. That's okay. And I just feel like he probably just does covers just because he just finds it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is uh, what are your favorite covers that he's um, performed so far? Um, There's... There's this one he did with um, Alex Iono where they put uh, they put fake love they they put I think broccoli they put so many songs into one mm-hmm. and then he did a cover of uh, oh wow why can I not remember he did was it hotline yes hotline hotline bling mm-hmm. and I remember at the end of hotline bling he added another part he added another song from like some other place and put it and I was just like oh my god wow (laughs) and I think he did Craig David's fill me in yeah he did that all like as a mashup I just thought it was really cool that's really yeah it is cool because I mean of the ones of the covers I've seen him perform the ones I really like I like Panda the one by designer he just makes that his own and then there's one that he the bad and bougie song he has he has the artist called Anth I was like this is really Mm -hmm. really this is really really dope and really cool yeah yeah, his voice is just really his voice is really dope so okay that's cool Mm -hmm. and speaking of sticking with Conor Maynard like you know you rightly said he's not someone who just sticks to covers um I know that you also do a lot of cover so what what, yeah. what influenced that decision to say i want to start off making covers first be, or than writing my own songs and p- putting that out first i think for me it's the fact that first a lot of people tend to undermine cover artists but doing covers yeah it kind of sharpens your mind and sharpens your creativity in the sense that you're doing someone else's song and the song was probably a huge hit and you're giving your own interpretation Mm -hmm. of the song so it really takes a lot of creativity to make it into your own vibe but at the same time not you know 
not something that is not that nice or something. So I feel like it really, it definitely, it definitely makes you more creative. And because I listen to a lot of stuff and I feel like for you to be a balanced musician, you have to have a really wide palette of things you listen to. You can't, there's genres that I prefer to listen to. There's genres I prefer to create. But I feel like you can always take something out of everything. And that's why I went into covers in the first place because I was, I was excited. I, I was trying to take something out of everything. And I feel like now, judging based on the progress I've made in music, everyone else has not seen that progress because I haven't put any new stuff out. But I personally feel like I have, I have, achieved a lot and i have gotten better okay and for those who do not know the covers that ife has done she's done um, covers of elastic heart by sia and the weekend she's also done covers um with the mavens the group in nigeria and the label and most recently she the cover actually you know was I guess what's the English word I'm trying to find Baga on you know whatever <laughs> but um the one of the major major covers that she did was the one by John Bellion and it was hit um a 21 cover mashup of all his songs and John Bellion actually acknowledged Ife's you know yeah, rendition so did. talk about that what that was like for you and what influenced your decision in the first place to say you know what I want to you know do 20 um a mashup of his of 21 of 21 songs that he's done. Okay, this is actually like a really funny story. Okay. The day I did that cover, that was not the cover I was going to put out. I was going to do a mashup of um, Fake Love. I was going to do like a Drake mashup of like three songs mm-hmm. and then put um, Gangster Fair by um, Santi at the end of it. Okay. But I was trying to put it all together, but it just didn't sound right. I, I, I recorded it and... It's not like it didn't sound right, but I didn't like it. And I was like, you know what? Before, I had an idea of doing some John Bellion songs. but It was only going to be like two songs. But then I'm like, hey, go big or go home. Like, anyone who knows me knows I'm a John Bellion stan. I, w- <laughs> I would not stand for... Like, the only... I can actually count how many artists like I am proper big, big fans of. And John Bellion is one of them. So I was just like, you know what? Just Just do the cover... So I did the cover and uh, I went upstairs because the Wi-Fi in the house wasn't working properly. I then used my dad's phone. I did the hotspot thingy-majig and I connected it to my phone. I uploaded the video. So when I uploaded it, I DM'd it to some of my friends. I'm like, please retweet this. So I would like it if it went viral. And like in one hour, I had like 200 and something retweets. And I was like, okay, okay. I like where this is going. Mm -hmm. And then on and on, I just kept checking. Honestly... I feel like, I don't want to say I didn't think John Bellion would see it. I, I knew he would see it. What I didn't know is that he would actually reply. Mm-hmm. Because I find that sometimes these celebrities, they see the little things that their fans do for them. But for some reason or the other, they don't reply. They yeah. don't really acknowledge it. So I was just sitting down. People had been starting to really retweet the thing. And I was just happy about the progress. And then I saw that he had quoted the tweets. I actually didn't see it from my mentions on Twitter. My friend had to send me a screenshot of it because my mentions that day were crazy, like 
crazy. My <laughs> phone kept spazzing. And I saw it and I can remember hyperventilating. <laughs> and like I said, I was watching TV with my dad. And I was just like, <sighs> and my dad was like, what's going on? What's going on? Bring water, bring water. So my little, <laughs> my little <laughs> sister, who actually recorded the cover for me, brought water and sprinkled it on my face. <laughs> Holy it water. was such a dra- <laughs> It was such a, honestly, it was such a dramatic thing. <laughs> So my dad asked me what happened. I'm like, Daddy, that thing I posted because he knew that I had posted something. Yeah. Like, Daddy, that thing I posted, the guy saw it. He's like, Who is the guy? And <laughs> my dad obviously doesn't know John Bellion. Mm-hmm. So like, the closest person I could be like, I was like, It's Beyonce. And then he was screaming. <laughs> he was like, Wow, Beyonce saw your video. I'm like, Yes, Daddy, Beyonce saw my video. And he was he was really excited for me. Aww. Then like, I'm a very very emotional person. So I started crying. Aww. And, but then I stopped. Then my manager called me and he was like, oh my God, can you see all that's happening? I'm like, yes, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Then John Bello then tweeted. Yeah. Like, and he was like, this really moved me. And the tears, the tears did not stop. <laughs> For like maybe two hours, I was just sitting on my bed, just crying and replying messages. Mm. <laughs> oh God. It was, it was, it was a wonderful feeling. And, like, even the tweets that he tweeted to me, like, I don't even care what anyone says. I'm going to get them on T-shirts. Like, I don't care. Whoever wants to say it's it's corny, like, that's fine. It might be corny to you, but, like, my hero acknowledges Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You're good in this lifetime, right? <laughs> I'm good, man. That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, seriously, yeah. like, when I even saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, this is, like, really good. And I saw, I saw the numbers. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, I woke up, and I was like, oh, crap. Not only did, you know, your number, well, not only were you doing major numbers, like, he actually yeah. responded. That's like, you know. He responded, that yeah. Is. And you, you touched on something about, you know, when celebrities see the, the things that their fans do that are little, whether it's little or big, and sometimes they don't even respond. Do you have, do you, I think as you are going to become an up-and-coming, you're up-and-coming as you eventually become a well you know renowned singer songwriter yeah. and artist what 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 is your take on that because as an as a celebrity and someone who you know is popular you can't respond to every single thing right you, you really can't yeah. you really can't i feel like um because there has been once i posted a cover and it was by um some nigerian artist and i don't want to say the name it's okay but, yeah um it got like maybe up to a thousand I can't remember the exact number, but around a thousand to two thousand retweets, and mm. that's really good because based on the fact that obviously with the John Bellion thing, John Bellion is not a Nigerian artist, yeah, so yeah. his fans that are not Nigerian will see it and they would retweet. But mm-hmm. this was home based, and mm. I could I I remember like seeing the artist in in you know. The artists that I did the cover of, they were tweeting and they were, you know, ignoring um, it. replying to. I don't want to say irrelevant things yeah. because that that yeah. doesn't make any sense. But they were just tweeting really, really <laughs> random stuff, and I gauged that it wasn't like I just put the cover and I didn't mention them. When mm-hmm. you mention someone on mm-hmm. Twitter in something, as many times as it's retweeted, they it will be in their mentions. Yeah. And that day, my mentions were blowing up, so they definitely saw it, yeah. but they just didn't reply. And like, I won't lie at the point it, and it annoyed me because I'm like, I know you can't see me. Yeah. Why not just reply? Yeah. Mm. So I just feel like whatever their reasons were, I guess it's, it's, it's fine. At the end of the day, I don't feel like I'm necessarily entitled to a reply. 
yeah because it's just something i personally put out there for people to still see what i'm doing but i definitely feel like when i get to that stage where people do all those little things for me i will try my possible best to reply even if it's not even if i'm not putting like a whole sentence at least an emoji for mm, crying out loud yeah i would tr- i would try my best to acknowledge stuff people have done for me i personally don't reply to dms and mentions a lot because like sometimes especially after that john billion thing my dms I had to keep them open just in case anyone wanted to ask for like an interview mm. or like I got um, approached by maybe like a record because it brought in like a lot of, you know, traction. Yeah. So I opened them, but then there were a lot of people, like a lot of random people sending me a lot of random things. Yeah. And if I scroll down my DMs, I still see some of the things people were sending me and I'm like, okay. How do you know? <laughs> How am I supposed to reply to all of this? So I feel like if your fan is out there trying to do things, especially the fans that you know that this is probably not their first time because there are some celebrities actually have some fans that they know they see at every show. Yeah. They see at every meet and greet that always out there. I feel like just acknowledge them because it will make them so happy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's safe yeah. to say that a lot of Nigerian artists need to do better. And not think that. Oh yes, yeah. yes they do. Yes, <laughs> they really do. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, they do. You know, we'll, we'll get there. You know, we'll get there because yeah. I mean, there are artists that acknowledge their fans and know that. Yes, even, definitely. Yeah, definitely. even though you're talented, you know that it's because of the support of your family and friends and your fans who have made you yes. to become the artist that you are today. That so, you are. Yeah. So you know, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there as a country. Yeah, sure. But um, so moving on to other more positive things you are like you mentioned about how sound her music has influenced or did influence your love for different genres of music i read that you like pop you like rock you like alternative um songs how has that influenced um your writing being exposed to different genres of music how has that influenced the kinds of songs that you write i feel like definitely what you write as an artist is always based off on what you listen to. Mm. It's obviously never this. It's not the exact same lyrics. It can't be the exact same lyrics. But I feel like if you listen to a lot of Afro beats, when you are writing, you are going to write songs that you feel should be Afro beats. Mm. That's the way it works. And for me personally, like I said, when I was growing up, I was listening to a lot of Pink, a lot mm. of... um Avril Lavigne, mm-hmm. a lot of Imagine Dragons, Bastille. I loved pop slash rock slash alternative and indie sounds. So definitely, I feel like I'm an indie artist. I'm an indie alternative art, art, artist. But it's just recently, I've, as I've been trying to gain like a wider knowledge of music that I have seen in some of my songs, I'm I'm veering off into some genres like jazz mm. or a little bit of soul and even recently some rap i've always listened to rap but i never thought i was able to write rap but then i thought to myself one day como you write songs what's the difference between writing lyrics for a song and writing an actual rap so like i decided to try it and well i attempted it and i think it turned out pretty good the song is not out yet though Mm -hmm. but i think it was fine so i think definitely obviously like i said earlier everyone has what they'd rather listen to but the more you expose yourself to different things, the better you become because you're not just doing everything from one perspective. Yeah, that's why 
okay, for instance, now you see uh, a musician like um, Odunsi, yeah? Mm -hmm. Let me just use him as an example. And you see that, okay, when you're listening to his song, you can definitely hear the Nigerian influence, but you can definitely hear the Western influence as well. You can hear that this is someone who actually knows his music. Because when you listen to his stuff, you might not know it, but if you listen to a lot of old music, you would tell that he's picking up some things from some places. He's not sampling anything directly. He's mm. not copying anything, but you can definitely see the influence. Mm. And that's a balanced artist, for what I feel. Because a balanced artist is someone who not only can, you know, make it in their local setting, but can be exported to the rest of the world and, you know, will still have the same the same, you know, the same love, yeah, so, so, like, definitely, everyone should try and listen to as much music cutting across different genres as, as possible, so you can do some genre bending, because I find that nowadays, genre bending is it, it's a thing, you know, not just sticking to Afro, but doing Afrofusion, doing, like, jazz, but putting a bit of reggae in there, just mixing it, definitely, I feel like, that's only possible when you not only listen to Afrobeats, but you listen to a wide range of music. So you can do Afro indie sounds, or you can decide to do Afro jazz, or you could do reggae, soul, or whatever it is. Just give people a different feel. And it definitely shows that you're an artist who puts a lot of things into perspective and puts a lot of thought into what they do. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that, that, that's an interesting way to look at it, and I appreciate that. Now, just moving mm -hmm. on to your songs, you have songs out that, that I guess you're most, you're, the, one, the one song that you first put out was Omalicha Omali Baby, right? Yes. And that was produced by Gospel yes. on the Beat. Yes. Yeah, can you talk about that song? What was the influence behind Omalicha um, Baby, and how did that come about? And what made you say, of all the producers, um, not just in Abuja, just in Nigeria in general, what made you say, I want to work with gospel? Um. Well, okay, what a lot of people don't know is when I was about 12 or 13, I released my first album. So, um, obviously, back then, like, I was not as mature as I am now, and I thought that the way an artist becomes big is when they release an album, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I just put out an album, and I thought, like, I would have, like, a Justin Bieber moment. Like, I legit <laughs> thought that immediately the album dropped from nowhere. Yeah. You get, I would just blow. Yeah. So, obviously, that didn't happen. And I remember at that point, I was maybe in year eight. So, I had done year nine, written some exams, and my parents decided to change my school from a Nigerian system to a British system. Mm. So when I got to the British school, like I used to be top of my class in the Nigerian school, but when I got there, the system was different. I was failing. So I had to put in extra effort to maintain my high grades, mm -hmm. to put in extra effort to do well in my IGCSEs and all my coursework and all of that. So I took a break from music for maybe like three years. Mm. I took a long break. So when I finished school, finished secondary school, and I was trying to get back into it, I thought, okay, I don't even really know what my music sounds like anymore. Because during the break, I was writing, but I wasn't writing as much because, like, it wasn't a crucial thing. What was more crucial was my education, yeah? yeah? So 
yeah, I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. So I didn't really know what I sounded like anymore. I was trying to do Afrobeats because people kept telling me, oh, um, Afrobeats is what's it right now. That was why I took on gospel because I felt like gospel at the point, he had done like quite a number of songs that were popular. And I thought once again that, oh, if I just do a song with gospel and people see, oh, it's produced by gospel on the beat, you know, mm-hmm. it will get them more hype to listen to me. So I did Omalicha Baby, which is actually about my parents and a story they told me when I was growing up. It's kind of like a family story. Mm-hmm. So I did the song with gospel and obviously I thought that, you know, it would blow up, but it really didn't once again. <laughs> and I can't lie, it was kind of frustrating, but it also made me sit down and put things into perspective and ask myself, okay, Ife, what do you really want to achieve with music? Who are you really? Are you an Afrobeat musician or are you a musician who wants to, you know, stay true to her sound? Not that people who do Afrobeat are not staying true to their sound, but there are some people that their sound is Afrobeat, mm-hmm. yeah? And then I realized that, no matter how much I try, yeah, so I can put some pidgin or I can put some indigenous language in there from time to time, but that's not really me. And that's like a truth I struggled to, you know, come into full terms with because even a lot of new age artists these days are not necessarily Afrobeat, but like I said, they do Afrofusion. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I try to do Afrofusion, it doesn't really come out the way I want it to come out. Yeah. And I don't really have such an extensive knowledge of Afrobeats. I'm not even talking Afrobeats like Don Jazzy type Afrobeat, like speaking Fela, Fela you know, the Daju yeah. sisters, Femi, yeah. you know. But honestly, I understood that I don't really enjoy Afrobeats in general. And I used to beat myself up about that because there was a time when people were like, oh, you got to embrace your culture. You got to do this. You got to do that. But I'm like, it's not like I'm not trying to embrace my culture. If a nice Nigerian song comes on and I like it, I would dance. I would dance my sorrows away. But like at the end of the day, that's not me. Get I've tried so, so many times to, you know, go around it and try to put myself into it. But that's not me. And it's just recently that I'm starting to understand that, you know what, that's not you. And if you don't want to accept that in Nigeria, and it means even having to move to actually find the perfect fan base for you, it's fine, just as long as you're staying true to yourself. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely key as an artist to stay true and not just follow the trends. You really have to identify your sound and know what works for you. Because if it may sound awesome on an R&B song, I mean, mean, her her sound wouldn't come through on a pop song, you know? And that's fine. It doesn't make Ife, you know, less of an artist. And for those who may be wondering what album Ife, because you didn't actually mention the name, but the debut album that she released um, at the age of 12 was called The Beginning, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I know that obviously it's, I, I, I searched online for the album, but I didn't find it. So was it that it was just physically available um, through CDs and it wasn't released online? Was that yes. the case? Okay. It was actually online for a while. Okay. We, paid for, we had a website and everything, but I think over the years the website domain expired. Oh. And the album wasn't actually moving. Like I didn't even bother enough mm-hmm. to check it but I, I i'm working on an ep right now and i was thinking maybe before i release the ep i would put out like a few songs from the album because a lot of people actually still ask me oh yeah. are you sure 
just lying. Was there really an album? Yet? <laughs> Are you sure it's just lying? Like a lot of people would say funny things like that. I don't know why I would lie though, but I might create like a different SoundCloud or I might make a playlist on my SoundCloud. Yeah. Whoever, like I would just put it up for maybe max, maybe a week slash two weeks. Because I mean, like I was 11, 12. I'm not trying to look down on what I did then, but it's like looking back, it doesn't even feel like it's the same person anymore. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that would be nice just to hear what you sound, what you know you sounded like when you were when you were eleven, twelve, compared to where you're at where you're at now. So, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I usually I know like <laughs> I can't do. Okay. Um. Okay. I've not found just happiness. I found a life partner. You have broken down my walls I love you forever There's no love that's quite like yours Baby, no, never And when I stare into your eyes Baby, you got me saying things like Baby, baby, more I wanna stay right by your side, oh yeah. Baby, baby, more I'm never leaving you behind, oh yeah. Baby, baby, more Come follow me like a survivor, oh yeah. Baby, baby, more You got to work with him because at the time he was one of the producers who was really big on the Afrobeat sound in Nigeria. What else did you mm-hmm. learn from that experience working with him? What was it like working with Gospel? Just you know being in the studio with him, with the recording process and all. To be very honest with you, yeah, like I I didn't really learn much mm. because um, what happened at the time I was doing the song with Gospel was. I don't know. Every when I get into the studio with producers, even up till now, people like calling me a one take wonder. Like I can do a song, like a verse, a chorus, and then a verse again in one take, and it'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like a good thing. I don't have to go over it over and over again. Maybe if I had to go over over and over again, I would have learned more. But I just did my vocals, and when everything was ready, he sent it to me. So like. There wasn't really much to take out of the yeah, whole thing because mm-hmm. always think, oh I'm busy I'm busy and he was actually a really busy person yeah. so it's not every time I could come into the studio and sit down and watch him you know mm-hmm. work on stuff yeah yeah okay now so aside from gospel what other producers uh, have you worked with and are you looking forward are you, are you looking forward to working with in the future in Nigeria specifically um. 
Well, honestly, in Nigeria, the guy that produces for me is called Moss to Chris. He's part of a group called Two Chris. And I feel like it's such a great privilege and adventure working with him because he's produced for a lot of Nigerian artists, yeah? And like, but at the same time, he's really versatile with what he can produce. He, it's not only Afrobeat he's producing, like, he does basically almost everything, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's really a blessing working with him because for my sound, yeah before i really knew what my sound was or before i had i still can't really explain to you what my sound is but before i had a clearer vision of what it was i was saying oh i also work with don jazzy i also work with this one i also work with that one but i realized that now working with a lot of producers especially like producers that are new age producers as well it takes a while before a lot of them can you know get what i'm asking them to give me Cause I'm someone who, like, when I write a song, I know exactly how I want it to sound in my head. So sometimes having to get a producer to, you know, translate what is in my head sonically is is difficult. And I feel like right now one of the only people that have been able to do it and do it perfectly is the most to Chris guy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like outside of Nigeria, I would definitely want to work with. Timberland. Okay. And, I, wh- and wh- why would you? What, what What is it about Timberland that is that appeals to Like I can't even do. Like if you check from um, when R and B and hip hop was really all like was it? Because mm-hmm. now a lot of sounds are more EDM slash house kind of sound. Mm-hmm. When R and B was really R and B, R and B and hip hop was all you know, everywhere. Timberland was that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I would definitely want to know what he's like in the studio and, you know, work with him. I would also like to work with Calvin Harris, definitely. Diplo, definitely. Um, Who else is there? James Fauntleroy. Yeah, James Fauntleroy is definitely the producer that right now I would want to work with, like, absolutely. What is it about, what is it about, what is it about, is it that his production, or the fact, what, what is it about him that would, that you know, makes you? Like someone I feel like is a really proper, proper musician. Like, he's the kind of person that has all music and little to no artistry. If you check what James Fontleroy has done in the music industry, you would, you would be surprised. James Fontleroy has had everything it has had a lot to do with so many big successful albums, like Jene Aiko's album. Yeah. Name of that album again? But oh, yes, yeah, what's that? Is it is it Sail Is it Sailor? Is it? It's not Sailor. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, Sailor. Okay. Yeah. And um, he's had something to do with Beyonce's Lemonade. He has, he's had something to do with almost every single Rihanna album. He's worked with J Cole. He's worked with Kendrick Lamar. There's no one James Fontleroy has not worked with. Do you understand? Yeah. Sometimes even hear like his vocals in the bodies of work and i just feel like he's someone who has put in so much into the music industry so he definitely has a feel of everything mm. and i feel like it's best to work with producers who can do anything yeah okay yeah. that's 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 really cool um and if you could talk about your songs baby what was the inspiration behind that? Because I, I, you know, I, I read uh, the inspiration behind it, but I would, I would like you to tell people to see if it's in line with what the what the article says. Because some articles <laughs> maybe another story. So talk about Gwemi. 
which is an amazing song, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, for Bimi, at the point where I wrote Bimi was a time when um, I hadn't done music for a while. And I noticed that the reason why I know I'm going to do music for the rest of my life is when I'm not doing music, I kind of feel empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So for for Bimi, that was a time when I was feeling empty. I was kind of depressed. I didn't really have much friends because for some reason or the other, like, no one seems to like me. <laughs> but, yeah, like, um, there was that happening. There was me not feeling like myself and not being able to create music as much as I wanted to and how I wanted to. So much was happening. And also, I was trying to get closer to God mm. at that point in time because, like, not everyone believes in God, but I feel like if you believe in God, you have to go all in. Like, just just make sure that you're at every point in time, like, you're right with God, and I was trying to get right with God, but a lot of times I was finding that, oh, I was struggling to, you know, um, chill with people, or struggling to just be a faith, and then be a faith as a Christian. I don't know if that makes any sense, no, but like, the normal things I used to do, like, all the random lies, and all the random maybe gossip, or being... Yeah, like a lot of that, like because I was trying to be a better Christian, I couldn't do a lot of that. So it was like I'm struggling so much to not sin. So it was, it was definitely a trying time for me. And I remember around that time, like, there was a day I was doing devotions and I was reading about the prodigal son and like it just clicked and I was like, I have to write a song about this. And the reason why I chose to use Yoruba is I feel like there are plenty of beautiful languages, but I feel like Yoruba is one of those languages that you don't even have to understand what the person is saying for you to feel it. Like, I know so many songs that are pure Yoruba that I sing, and up till today, I have no clue what they mean, but I feel like I feel something in me. So I was like, okay, let me just do this. And how I worked on the song was my friend gave me the link of a producer called Smart Beats, who is based in the UK. Okay. So. I played the song on my guitar, sent it to him on WhatsApp, and like two days later, he sent me the beat, and I went to my friend's studio, and I recorded it, and that was it. Honestly, at first, I I created Baby just so only I would listen to it, but at some point, everyone was like, release new music now. Why are you not releasing music? What's wrong? Oh, this blah, blah. You know how people can be mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm trying to get my life together. Yeah. You can't get... So I was just like, okay, let me just put it out there. But Bimi is a very, very personal song. Yeah. Very personal. Song. And were you surprised or were you... Not, not... Okay, I guess my question is, were you surprised by the reaction, which is a positive reaction to the song? To be honest, no. Because me, yeah, like, I've known what I want out of life since maybe, like, since I was a little girl. Mm. I've always known what I want out of life and even though I'm not where I want to be for a long time I've been waking up every day and looking in the mirror and telling myself this is who you are and I've been acting like that's who I am so when things that when things come to me and it's positive and it's the way I expect it to be or the way I feel it should be I'm not necessarily surprised because at the back of my head I'm all I I, I, I see myself eh wow I see myself as one, as something else who, I don't even know how to explain, like, in my head, who I am is completely different from who everyone else is. And I think that's important for everyone to have that kind of image of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, 
Like before Bemi could reach 15k plays, I was even getting frustrated that it had not already reached there. Do you get? Mm, yeah. That's yeah. How myself. That's why for some time when I wasn't able to release music or when I wasn't putting music out and I was seeing, it felt like everyone else was progressing apart from me. Yeah. Like I really hurting because it's the kind of situation where you know who you are, you know what you're worth. So why are you not getting what you're meant to get? But I think I'm 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 starting to get over it. Not get over it in the sense that I'm, you know, not seeing myself like that anymore. But I'm definitely starting to understand that you might have seen yourself as this and that, but God always has different plans, yeah? Mm-hmm. And things take time. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. that don't take time, things that just happen, bam. A lot of times they fade out really quickly. Yeah. And I feel like what I'm trying to achieve in music, I don't want to fade out. I want to have longevity. People are always going to listen to the Beatles. My children will listen to the Beatles because there was that longevity about the music they created. And I feel like since that's what I'm trying to achieve, I need to be more patient. Yeah. And to be fair, you have to remember that everybody has their journey and their path in life. So go ahead. Yeah, come listen to you. Go ahead. Everyone has their success. Yeah. Like I was two days ago. You can't keep trying to, because I realized at some point in my life, I was trying to keep up with competition. Yeah. I was trying to outdo people. And I realized that the more you place focus on a thing, the more it magnifies. Mm-hmm. So you keep looking at what other people are doing. It's going to magnify in your life. Because mm-hmm. you're always going to be thinking, which way can I outdo them? Yeah. Which way can I do this that they did and make it better? Meanwhile, the only thing you should be seeking to do is making yourself better exactly. and please. Exactly. So like, if you're not doing that, what are you actually doing? Even if you get all the money in this world and get all the same, but at the end of the day, all you did wasn't exactly what you wanted to do, how would you feel? Yeah. And I just, I just always say that at the end of the day, when you wake up in the morning, you don't see competition. You don't see your father, your mother. You see yourself. And yourself yeah. is your competition. So you shouldn't worry about what, you know, Shade is doing. Like, you should focus on ensuring that whatever demons or challenges that Ife as an individual brings to the table, just being herself, you're able to conquer those, you know. So, you know, more power to you for recognizing that, you know, that's important. So I'm happy, definitely happy to hear that. in the cold when I am no longer bold I can't do this on my own I won't be fine all alone so come and carry the load need you to carry the load cause it's getting harder every day and I feel like I have lost my way now I'm so lost I don't know what to pray and I feel like I am losing faith now steady running up and down this maze can you shine your light cause I need grace now need someone to help me navigate now need your face now need a way out I, I need a way out and I I'm a bitch out here I'm starting to doubt and I'm starting to doubt everything that I know everything that I know I lean on my own understanding now I can't do this I can't do this on my own I won't be fine all alone 
um, quickly, before I let you go, can you just explain to us what is in the Abuja water or is it the Abuja air that just has this awesome breeding ground for talented artists like yourself? You have Te Iwa, you know, you have Olabasi to name it's a few. What is, yeah. about, what is it about Abuja? Go ahead. I feel like with Abuja air, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are here are really open-minded. Mm. And like say, Lagos is the home of entertainment in Nigeria, mm-hmm. but Abuja is Abuja is one place where the population yeah the population of Lagos is young as well but Abuja's population is also really young too and everybody knows everybody in Abuja yeah so it's definitely I wouldn't say necessarily easier but once you have maybe your guys from secondary school your guys from secondary school have friends in another school. Those friends have friends in another school. Those ones have some friends in university. They have elder brothers, elder sisters. You get, at the end of the day, let's like a hub of supporters that are listening to your stuff. I think that's, I think that's what the catch is with Abuja. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And the fact that Go ahead. with Abuja, with Abuja, it's really easy to move around as opposed to Lagos. So, if it's a question of maybe being able to go to the studio all the time or being able to link up with people and create, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, because I, was, I, was, I interviewed um, T.Y. Mix not a, long, a while back and he said that he, you know, he moved from Abuja to Lagos and he said that he agreed, he, he, I guess he echoed what you were saying about Abuja being this awesome breeding ground for you to explore your sound and define who you are yeah. as an artist. But he said that the problem is that if you want to, like you said, make it in Nigeria. It's, you just have, you have to go to Lagos. But <laughs> what I find is, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're able to live in Abuja, but you have so much money or you have enough to be able to go between Abuja and Lagos, like if you're in Lagos for two weeks, you can be in Abuja for two weeks. I feel like you'd be more balanced. And that's what eventually I would like to do. Mm. Like Abuja is Abuja at the end of the day. And with Lagos, is there's there's this thing about the Lagos waters. There's this thing about the Lagos spirit that if you're not careful, you kind of get sucked in mm. to a lot of different stuff. So if you can successfully shuffle between Abuja and Lagos, I mean, like you're 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 Gucci. <laughs> so Abuja is always going to be home for you. We can't we can't drag you to yeah. Lagos. <laughs> Which is actually funny because I was born in Lagos. I'm a Lagosian by birth, and you know I spent maybe from because my dad was in the navy so we used to move around a lot but i spent give or take eight to nine years in lagos mm-hmm. but once i Abuja, i was like nah man this is it <laughs> this is like <laughs> so yeah. you know such a traitor if a traitor <laughs> but it's okay we still love you as you are okay now so you've had the opportunity to perform at various events and you've also won a number of awards um in terms of the performance opportunities and experiences what have they taught you in terms of how to hone your craft and you know become an artist to be reckoned with what, what has what, what have those experiences taught you has taught me that it's not every time you climb the stage that people will be in your mood. <laughs> it's not every time you climb that stage that people will want to clap or they will want to see your face. Because a lot of times I've been the opening act. Like at a prom I went to, Mr. Easy came for the prom. He was the main act. And it was as if the crowd was like, I beg, get out of here so that we can see me. We want to, um, we want, you know, hold up and let go over and all of that. Mm. So 
it just taught me that when you get on that stage, your problem should not be the crowd's reaction. Mm. The jump. Don't let it be, would they clap for me? Just do your thing. If you're into what you're doing enough. You see, I like to think that with music here, yeah, music is a spirit on its own. Like, my thoughts on music are really, really deep. I feel like music on its own is a force. It's like an element of nature completely. So if you're not a Beyonce fan, like you, you detest Beyonce, or you go to a Beyonce concert, you find yourself so involved with what she's doing because she's been able to master the spirit of music, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just really being 100% into what you're doing. If you're into it, even if not everybody in the audience gives you back the energy, there'll be some people that'll give you back the energy. And hopefully, the people that'll give you back will be the ones that'll be sitting in front. Yeah. So when video catches it, then you see them clap. <laughs> so like, that, that, that's all you really need. Yeah, that yeah. That's yeah. funny. And for those who may, who do not know, Ife has won the God's Own Diva. She won the God's Own Diva 2016 singing competition. She also won the Nigerian Teen Choice Award for choice female artists in 2016 so congratulations on those from last year looking forward to um i think you kind of touched on that you you said that you can't really define your sound right but if i if you had to describe your sound in 30 seconds to someone who's like if just can you give me a feel of what your sound is like what would you say this is kind of like what my sound is well i said in an interview earlier maybe like two weeks ago that my music to me is like in the sense that Everyone should just know that no matter what genre I go into, because I feel like I'm someone who is versatile and like multifaceted. So I feel like if I want to do something else, I'd be really good at it or whatever I want to do, I'd be really good at it. And, you know, all praise to the most high for bestowing such, you know, talent on me. Mm. But like, like at the end of the day, whatever I'm doing, is going to edify the soul in the sense that, I would never do music that would just be, let me just use the term, anyhow, anyhow, mm-hmm. do you get? Mm-hmm. I literally are always going to touch you. Like, no matter if I'm talking about love, or if I'm talking about Nigeria, or if I'm talking about, you know, anything I'm talking about, my music is my music is definitely going to touch you. I think that's, that's all I can say right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's when, because I don't like putting myself in a in box. box yeah. There is no box. Once you think, I don't want to put myself in a box, you are putting yourself in the box of people who don't want to be put in a box. So just create. And at the end of the day, just create something that people can always look at at every point and be like, this is a great thing. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I like that. Now, when you write a song, right, are you writing specifically for yourself or are you just writing a great song? Definitely not. Like, a lot of times when I write, yeah. Um, okay, let me let me in quotes bust your head small. <laughs> I don't I don't really try to write except when someone commissions me to write a song or someone is paying me or something, or when someone says, Oh, can you add, write a song about so 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 and so? A lot of times I can just be walking or sitting and a song enters my head and it's later that when I flesh it out that I actually know what the song is about or if it's from my experience or someone else's experience or if it's personal but i feel like on a level though like a lot of the stuff i've written even in the features a lot of them are personal because like i said i'm really emotional 
So like I'm one of those Drake kind of people. Yeah, I'm one of those Drake niggas. Every time, always in my feelings. Every time, either always complaining about one thing or overly excited about the other. So I definitely feel like most stuff I write is personal. I'm yet to write anything that hasn't... It might not have been a direct experience, but it must have had to touch me first before I would create. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and for those who are wondering what kind of features Ape has been on, she's been on Charles Anate's, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, God Gave Me, and she's also yeah. been on Ola Bassi's Found You, and most recently she uh, has been on Remy Bargain's newest project called I Gone I Gain Grew. I think that's how you, he has this, he has, yeah, yeah, he has this weird name, but yeah, Where she has thing for picking really strange names. Let's not get this. <laughs> I was just like, you know, the struggle is real. Like, I'd be like, like, really, I went to school, please, you know, I went to school, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the song that she co wrote with him is called Maybe. So, yeah, um, that's I, that's sorry, sorry, I helped him write on that one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why I said yeah. Like, you co-wrote the the song um with him um for maybe um uh, and w- so we'll talk about that real briefly. What was that experience like work, um working with Remy on that song? Well, I had actually I've actually worked with Remy before, before on yeah. song, but I never put the song out because I was like this song is too personal. Like you know when you make a song and it's like you're op- you're literally opening your life. I feel like as an artist you have to do that. You have to be able to tap in there, but. There are some songs that are just a bit too personal, yeah? And I realize that, like, if I put out the song, a lot of questions will be asked. And I'm someone who I absolutely hate having to accept. I'm just like, you know, I'll just keep it and just be selfish with it and listen to it. But Remy is someone who, he's not only someone I work with, but he's one of the people I consider my friends. So he, he sent me a beat and he was like, I'm having a hard time writing to this. I beg guy, help me. And normally, like, I would, I would ask, oh, I would charge, but I was like, nah, you're my G. Let me just help you do a few things. And I didn't know he wanted the song about, to be about, like, being broke and life as an upcoming mm-hmm, artist. Mm-hmm. So I, I made, like, a full song about love, yeah? And then it was later, he was like, this guy, this is not what I asked you to write about. I'm like, <laughs> well, take it or leave it. So what he actually did is that he took some of the melodies and some of the words, and by the time I heard the the thing that it turned into I still really like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. It's a lovely song because I listened to the project and it's it's quite and it's quite interesting. Um, now, just quickly going to writing songs. If you had to write songs for four Nigerian artists and for, for four Nigerian artists, which ones would you like to write for and why? Number one, Asha, because Asha is mommy. That's <laughs> it. The reason why I play guitar is because of Asha. The first time I watched Fire on the Mountain video, I remember looking at her and be like, I'm going to be like that one day. Mm-hmm. And like, even till now, whenever people are trying to describe oh, who is it, they'll be like, she's like Asha. And if someone says I'm like someone else, I might pick offense. But because it's mommy, like, it's, <laughs> it's cool. It's okay. And I also find it funny that her name is Asha and it's A-S-A and my name is Ife and it's E-F-E. So like, I always think, okay, maybe, maybe you are like, Kindred spirit. Kindred spirit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, I would love to write for Two Face because Asha is, Asha is mommy and Two Face is daddy. I feel like Two Face is one of those people that have been able to make songs that you can play in clubs, but as the song is playing in club, post, like during the Azonto, one deep lyric will just hit you. 
and you just want to think about your life. Do you get mm-hmm. one of the that have been able to write lyrics that uh, lyrics that not only have they been able to touch you, but you can still see a lot of stuff that he's written before, like happening, like this song, which is my favorite song from him. This um, only me. Um, yeah, it's I feel like that song is one song that resonates with so much that's happening in the society today and so much that people, you know, struggle with on a personal basis. Um, also, I would love to write for Tiwa Savage because mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of enjoy doing some Afro beats sometimes, but I don't just like it when it comes from me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I just don't want to do it, but I enjoy it. So I feel like if I had the opportunity to write for her, I would go ham. Like, I would produce maybe like 20 songs. I just, you might be like, you know what, mama, just just do what you want. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and then who's the last uh, artist? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Who? Who? I haven't actually given this thought before, but off the top of my head, let me just say with kids. Why? Because I feel like I can write something completely different from what Whiskey normally does for him. Mm. And I feel like you all know who Whiskey is and the kind of music he produces, but I feel like if I got to work with him, he would do something different, but it would be different in the way that everyone would still love it. Yeah. 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 So you you put your own you put your own spin on it. That's I mean at the, end of, at, the, at the end of the day that's what being an awesome songwriter is. So you know that's I hope yeah. that I hope that that comes to fruition for you. If not this year, sometime next year and sometime in the future. So we're putting that there into the universe and into God's hands that you know that'll come to fruition for you. Um, now quickly, if it, before we let you go, I have this. Um, session I mean section where I called it's called the fun random questions so I'm going to ask you some fun random questions before I say bye-bye <laughs> um right. and before I get to the fun random questions do you want to talk about your upcoming projects um that we should be looking out for um yeah basically I don't want to shed too much light on oh, them no, yeah. like I, I want everyone to be surprised like, okay. ah, ah, if it girls you can't do this <laughs> so yeah just 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 look out for it like it's something that I've spent so much time writing. I literally wrote a full EP and I trashed it and started writing another one because I realized that what I did at first was too cliche and too overdone. And it would have still, you know, been nice. But should the songs just be nice? Do you get so? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Just look, look out for everything and just keep an open mind and an open heart when it comes to the stuff I'm putting out because you definitely be surprised. Yeah. Okay, nice. Now, um, what would you be doing if you weren't doing music? Yo, I'd probably be like a baker. Yeah? Mm, and why is that? I'm so into confectionaries. Like, I just love it. And I feel like when I'm stressed, when I'm stressed, like, music-wise or um, education... Like, baking is always one thing that kind of releases stress for me. It's kind of weird, but I just I just really like baking. But if I wasn't baking, definitely talking. Because like I said, I talk a lot. But I like to believe that what I say most times makes sense. So it only, it only makes sense for me to go into maybe, like, hosting or being an on-air personality or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Now, how do you handle mistakes during a performance? 
Wow. Um, I have a really good poker face, I would say. Like, I'm one of those people that, yeah, I can definitely, like, kind of hide when something has gone wrong. And also, I realize that there's a beauty about imperfections. And although I'm a perfectionist, what I notice is that maybe, like, if I'm singing and I play a wrong chord, if the crowd is really into what I'm doing, even if they are not, most times, because a lot of them might not have musical ears, they actually don't notice that I've done something wrong. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they don't really know. So it's like, just just keep going. Like, if you're on stage and something goes wrong, like, there was a time I was performing somewhere, and literally, Nepal took light and everything went off. Like, everyone was kind of disoriented, but I just kept doing what I was doing. And at the end of the day, the performance turned into, like, a bonfire type thing, and it was really cool. So, yes, performing, and maybe the DJ booth goes off. That's why I feel like a lot of performers have to learn to start performing live as opposed to performing with soundtrack all the time. Yeah. yeah? Like playing an instrument comes in handy. Yeah, so like just just keep going with the flow. Keep going with the flow. It will sort itself out. If people are really into what you're doing, it's going to make sense either way. That's that's very true, and it's very true that he talks about like a lot of Nigerian artists need to learn how to perfor- give a performance without backing tracks. You have to be able mm-hmm. to give. Know you know. Go ahead. Like they would pay them even up to like five hundred thousand for a show, but they will come to the show and plug their phone into the speaker. Like if I was an event host and someone did, I'd be like, "Nah, man, no, don't do that." Like, a lot of them don't really put a lot of thought into it. And honestly, I can't blame them sometimes. Because at the end of the day, when they perform the song, either way, the crowd is still going to give them feedback. But I feel like more thought has to be put in. Mm-hmm. And, how, and how do you ensure that you are constantly um, honing your craft daily? So are you constantly practicing how to be a better guitarist and how to sing? Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Yeah. so talk about that briefly. Sing all, sing all the time. Um, I try to play new songs so like I can find more chords that add to my chord dictionary. Um, I practice every day, and there's this little room in my house I call my sanctum. Mm. It's like away from every other room, and it's kind of soundproof. So I go up there from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day, and I sing really high songs. Like I sing Broadway songs like Don't Rain on My Parade by Barbara Streisand or Think of Me from Phantom of the Opera, mm. just because have like really wide ranges and I try to push myself singing them. That's really cool. On a scale of one to ten, how troublesome would you say you are? On a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Mm, a strong seven. <laughs> a strong seven. A strong seven. Not too much but just enough. Well, Ife, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really you're nice welcome. getting to know you. So if people want you're to welcome. stay up to date on what you know, you're know you doing, can you give us your social media handle? Okay. My Twitter, Instagram, YouTube is all Ife Oraka. Okay. Yeah. So that's E-S-E-O-R-A-K-A. And yes. Okay. And my uh my Snapchat is Ife Rogene, which is my phone name. Okay. Yes, and my SoundCloud is Ife Oraka as well. All right, cool. So Ife yes. Oraka, all right. All right, thank all right. you very thank much. So, thank you so interview. much, Ariel. Thank you. All right, best of luck with everything. All right, all right bye. Bye, bye. When I am weak and alone, when I have nowhere to go, when I am stuck in the cold, when I am no longer bold, I can do this on my own. I won't be fine all alone. So come and
FNC podcast is produced by Shade Anousier and Tommy Wafaumi. To ensure you don't miss subsequent episodes, you can follow the show on its various social media handles at the SNC podcast. So that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And that name is universal across Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, and Mixcloud. For those who'd like to get in touch with me by email, my email is shadeanosier at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can follow me on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers.